0: What's going on, guys? You're listening to Moonlight Madness on Weagle 91.1 from 7 to 8 p.m. every Thursday. I'm Jacob Goins, and over the next hour, I'll be discussing the hottest topics in sports around the country and around Auburn Athletics. Follow me on Twitter at Goins2Jacob, that's G-O-I-N-S, the number 2, Jacob, for all show updates and other sporting news. Let's get into the show. What's going on, guys? Welcome into Moonlight Madness here on Wego 91.1 FM. Sorry for the late start. Uh, Show before me ran just a little bit over, but that's no problem. We are here now. So it is Thursday, November 18th. We are counting down the days to Thanksgiving break here at Auburn. And I'll tell you what, I'm ready for it. Thanksgiving break cannot come soon enough. The end of the semester cannot come soon enough. So just really counting down the days on that. School has just been extremely busy, busy here at the station, and just busy in life in general. So counting down the days for Thanksgiving break, get to go home and and see the family for a little bit. So really looking forward to that. So some news here on Moonlight Madness as we get started. Breaking just about an hour or so ago in the MLB, Shohei Otani is the unanimous American League MVP for the the 2021 season. And in the NL, the National League, it was Bryce Harper of the Phillies. So, Otani is your American League MVP, and Harper is your National League MVP. Also, in men's basketball, legendary men's coach Jim Calhoun is stepping down and retiring. He has been coaching at a D3 school, St. Joseph, and he's just a legendary coach in the game of basketball. 920 all-time wins and three national championships. But he is officially calling it quits. He's retiring after a legendary career. So I wanted to highlight that along with the MVP votes and the MVP winners that was just announced a few hours ago. So with that, we are going to jump straight into the Big Three. So number one here on the Big Three, we are going to start with some NFL reactions from last week. As many of you know, if you're an NFL fan, the NFL was... Quite good last week, to be honest with you. There was a lot of good games, a couple blowouts. But overall, it was a a fantastic viewing experience in the NFL last week. First of all, on Thursday night, last week on my show, we were talking about how the Dolphins and the Ravens had gone off and they were playing each other during my show. And the Dolphins went out and beat the Ravens. And they beat them by double. A good win for the Dolphins. And Tua did not start, but then he came in and got hurt again, I think. And then they took him back out. So... Good for the Dolphins, got in there, got a gritty win against the Ravens. The Cowboys, after an embarrassing loss a week before, they came back out and they proved themselves on offense once again, scoring over 40 points yet again this season. And they uh, they got it done last week against the Falcons. They There was no chance. They scored 29 points in the second quarter, and they ended up winning that game 43-3. to so not only did their offense show up, their defense showed up as well. Some other headlines from last week in the NFL. The Patriots are still on a roll. Mac Jones is playing pretty darn good right now if you ask me. Their record doesn't show it, which is surprising, but the Patriots are playing good and they're up and they're going in the right direction. They're playing tonight over in Atlanta. That game is not yet kicked off, but we will go through that score when I do the live score update later on in the show. So the Patriots are playing over in Atlanta tonight, but they're on a roll. They're playing good. I think Mac Jones, and I don't want to be the person to hype up the new guy coming in, the young guy, but I really do think he fits that system nicely. I think he is what Bill Belichick is looking for. I think he is a a good predecessor to what we've seen in the years past of New England. I think he – Is just the right kind of quarterback. He's not great, but he's good. He's really, really good. He's smart with the ball. He can can put it on a dime. And he's got enough talent around him there at New England to really make something happen. And they're scoring a lot of points right now. So good for them. New England and Mac Jones yet again rolling. I'll give you the score update on that in a little bit as they're playing the Falcons in Atlanta. The Buffalo Bills yet again go out and just put a beat down on the team. Of course, they played the New York Jets, so it doesn't say a ton about what they did, but they won 45-17. The Bills have just... They've been doing it all season long. They're 6-3. and They're one of the best teams in the AFC. They're going to make the playoffs, and they're going to be really hard to beat, especially if they are able to get a home game there in Buffalo for the playoffs. Also in the NFL... Last week, we had the first tie of the year. It's the dumbest rule in sports. It's the dumbest rule in football, for sure. But we had a tie last week. It was the Lions and the Steelers. The Lions were 0-8 going into the game against the Steelers, looking for their first win, and they were up early. They were up for most of that game. And then in the fourth quarter, they let Pittsburgh come down and score And then I believe Detroit had a chance to win the game and they ran out of time and they didn't get a chance. So then they went to overtime. Neither one of them could score in overtime. So they tied at 16. And my problem with that is the NFL overtime rule is awful. It's garbage. It's terrible. And I think every fan agrees. I don't think any fan likes the NFL overtime rule. It's bad because what it comes down to is if, two teams go to overtime in the NFL, it comes down to a coin flip. A coin flip. That's it. That's what it comes down to is a coin toss. Because you the, two, the captains come out from both teams, and they have to call heads or tails. The visiting team calls it. Whoever wins the coin toss gets the ball. If they score a touchdown, it's over. The other team doesn't even get a chance to touch the ball. That's terrible. That's awful. And I know the defense should stop them, right? But it literally takes one play. We saw a couple years ago the Broncos and the Steelers in overtime back when Tim Tebow was playing for the Broncos. They were in Denver. They had gone to overtime. And on the first play of overtime Tim Tebow threw a dime over the middle and the dude was gone. And Denver won on the first play of overtime, scored a touchdown one by six and moved on in the playoffs. That's bad. So we kind of saw the same thing with overtime with the Lions and the Steelers, and they ended up tying because neither one of them could score in overtime. And so the Lions are still winless. They are now 0-8-1 on the season, and the Steelers are 5-3-1 after tying with the Lions on Sunday. We saw Tom Brady and the Bucks really get shocked by the Washington football team Brady did not play good. He, he had a bad game. And as great as Brady is, we see a couple of these games a year from him. I would say probably two games a year in the regular season, we see Tom Brady have these types of games where he just has a bad game. And it, it's okay because he's human. He's the GOAT. He's the greatest of all time. But he's human. So he's going to have a bad game. And Washington scored enough points. They scored 29. They held the Bucks to 19. They did what they had to do. So credit the football team. They're now 3-6, and six, but the Bucs are fine. The Bucs are 6-3. and three. They're still going to win their division because nobody else in that division is any good right now. But we saw one of the very few rough games for Tom Brady of the year. Don't expect that to happen, but maybe one more time, maybe this season. But I think Tom Brady and the Bucs are going to be just fine. Cam Newton returns. That was the big storyline last week. We broke the news here on Moonlight Madness. We opened up with Odell Beckham Jr. going to the Rams and Cam Newton going to the Carolina Panthers. And I said I expected a big game from him. I also said I didn't know if he would start, and he did not start. But he came in. The Panthers took their first possession all the way down the field inside the five-yard line, in the red zone, and they brought in Cam Newton. And he touched the ball one time, and he scored. He, it was a QB sneak. He bounced out to the right, and he had a, he just ran into the end zone, into the corner, easily, not even touched. For his, so he touched the ball once, and he scored once. That's about as good as you can get it. And we saw on the TV him screaming, I'm back, I'm back, I'm back. And he was so excited. It was so cool to see. And then on the next possession, they drive down the field, and they bring Cam in again, and then he throws for a touchdown. So Cam Newton touched the ball twice in the first quarter, and the Panthers scored two times. So Cam Newton came back. I called, the, and I said he was going to have a big game, whether he started. Well, I, I thought he would start, but I didn't know, and he ended up not starting. It was P.J. Walker for Carolina, who had a, a pretty good game. He went 22 for 29 with 167 yards and a pick. So not great, but not terrible. But the Panthers beat the Cardinals 34-10, to 10, and it wasn't even close ever. The Cardinals didn't score in the first half. So the Panthers had that thing wrapped up from start to finish. Of course, the Cardinals not having Kyler Murray or Hop, so both of those guys being out, obviously... Factors into that, but the Panthers scored 34 points, and two of those touchdowns were for Cam Newton. Cam Newton beat the Panther, or excuse me, he beat the Cardinals on his own. So that was a big storyline last week in the NFL. Cam Newton coming in and getting the job done. I look for him to just continue to get better, get back in football shape, and we'll see if he eventually gets into that starting role. And then the big showdown last week was the Packers and the Seattle Seahawks. The Seahawks traveling to Lambeau Field as Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson both came back last week. Russell Wilson obviously coming back from a pretty brutal finger injury. And then Aaron Rodgers, of course, coming off of the COVID protocol list. But credit to Russell Wilson. He battled back hard. They said he was doing six and seven rehab treatments a day to get, back, to get back on the field. Like waking up in the middle of the night to get treatments on his finger, doing all kinds of therapy and all kinds of stuff to get back as fast and quickly as possible. And credit to him because he did. He came back and Roger's coming back after catching COVID. Of course, we all know the, the situation, whether he was vaccinated or not. I think that is kind of behind him now. Hopefully for his sake, for the Packers' sake and for the NFL's sake, if we're being really honest. But we really thought that would be possibly a shootout and it wasn't. It was a it was a defensive game for a long time. The Packers won 17 to nothing. So they they held the Seahawks to to zero points, but the Packers didn't score a ton either. But I'll tell you what, the the highlight of the day is the Packers' defense who is playing at a Super Bowl winning level right now. The Green Bay Packers defense is carrying this team. It's been Rodgers until he went out with COVID. But last week, that 17 to nothing victory was on the the defense. Because Seattle can score some points, especially when Russell Wilson's in the game. Because Aaron Rodgers didn't he didn't do anything great either. Twenty-three for thirty-seven, two ninety-two and a pick. The two touchdowns were by eight a- for, from AJ Dillon of Green Bay, the running back. So the offense didn't do a ton, but it was the defense that won them that game, who's playing at a championship level right now. And if they can keep that up, and if Rodgers can get back in, in motion, and this offense can get churning again, watch out because I still think Green Bay is the best team in the NFL. So those were the highlights from last week in the NFL. Just a lot of good storylines. I wanted to run through and, and talk about all of those because I really had a, a, a fun time watching all of those games last Sunday. And I wanted to talk about it because there was a lot of a lot of good storylines, a lot of good games, some blowouts from teams that are just rolling right now. So that is what happened last week in the NFL. When we come back here on Moonlight Madness, we'll jump into number two. The NHL season is off and running. You're listening to Moonlight Madness here on go 91.1 FM. Welcome back to Moonlight Madness here on WGL 91.1 FM. I'm your man, Jacob Goins. It is Thursday night, November 18th here in Auburn, Alabama. You're listening to Moonlight Madness. That is every Thursday from 7 to 8 p.m. Central Time. And if you can't listen live, it's always going up as a podcast on Spotify, Apple, Transistor, Google, Amazon. Wherever you get your podcast. just search Moonlight Madness and it should be there. We are rolling on into the big three tonight into number two. The NHL season is off and running. It is underway as teams are just playing all the time now. There's so many NHL games. It's kind of like the NBA. There's just games every single night and multiple games every single night and it's so exciting to watch. If you don't watch hockey, I definitely recommend it because it's it's an underrated sport. I mean, it it really is. It's it's the most underrated professional sport of the big 4 of baseball, football, basketball, and then hockey. It's the most underrated, I will admit. And it's really, really good. So if you don't watch hockey on TV, try it because it's really exciting. It's constant action. And I've talked about on here before how going to a hockey game is the best live sporting event you can go to. It, it can't be beat. The atmosphere, the fans, the game itself, the arenas, all of that, it can't be beat. Live hockey games are the best sporting event to go to. But obviously, if you can't go to hockey games all the time, I recommend that you watch them on TV because they're so exciting. And the NHL is in a good spot right now. There's a lot of good teams. It's really exciting. A lot of talented young players in the league. But also on top of that, a lot of skilled veterans that are still hanging around like Ovechkin and Crosby who just make the league so much better. But we're going to take a look at some standings in the NHL kind of look at who is a little bit surprising, who should be higher, who I would have thought would have been higher at this point in the season, who is who is higher than I thought they would be, and all that good stuff. So starting in the Eastern Conference for the NHL in the Atlantic Division, you have the Florida Panthers, who are the best team in the Eastern Conference, which is it's kind of shocking. I feel like the Florida Panthers, they kind of go back and forth. Sometimes they're really good, and sometimes they're really bad. But this year, they're good. And then you've got the Toronto Maple Leafs, who are right behind them. They are a couple games back. And then you've got the Tampa Bay Lightning, another Florida team. So the top three teams in the Atlantic Division are out of Florida. So take that as you will. And then down in the metropolitan, still in the Eastern Conference, you have the Washington Capitals sitting at ten and two, the Carolina Hurricanes at twelve and two, and the New York Rangers at ten and three. Those are the top three teams in that division of the Eastern Conference. Honestly, the, and you got the Penguins who were way far down there at five and six, the Blue Jackets at eight and five. Those are towards the bottom. The Islanders are down at five and six. Those three teams I really thought would be a little bit higher but it's a long season to go. We're only we're between 14 and 18 games in depending on the team. So, we're still early in the season. But there's some teams that I really did think would be higher to start the season and the Blue Jackets are one of those teams. I really thought that they would be a little bit higher. They got a lot of work to do cuz they're always competing with the Washington Capitals and now they're going to have to start competing hard with the Hurricanes and now the Rangers who they're all playing good hockey. 10 and 3 and 12 and 2. I mean, those are good records in hockey. That's that's really really hard to beat. Over in the Western Conference, the Winnipeg Jets, a team that has really come alive here in the last two or three seasons. One of the teams I really enjoy watching. They are extremely underrated. They don't get a ton of TV time. A lot of times they're on like ESPN Plus. But I like watching them. They're a lot of fun. They're fast, they're active. They score a lot and when they're on, they're on. And the one thing about the Winnipeg Jets, they are never out of a game. That's what I've learned. If they're losing, chances are they won't be losing for long because they are a, such a good team at coming back. It's crazy. I've seen a lot of their games where they've been down by a goal or two in the second or third period, and then they come back and they win. So it's really cool to watch Winnipeg currently at top of the Central Division in the West at 9-3, and three, followed by the Minnesota Wild at 10-5, and five, and the National Predators at 9-6. and six. Nashville's a team that I am still trying to get to a game. I really want to go. I really, really want to go to Nashville. I've just heard the games are incredible. I've seen a number of them on TV, and I just want to go because why not want to? Why would you not want to go to one of the best atmospheres in hockey? But it's good to see Nashville doing well. They're 9-6, third in their division. I think a team I thought would be a little better at this point would be Colorado. They're 7-5-1. and one the one being an overtime loss for those that are not big into hockey. So you still get the point, you just don't get two. You get two points for winning, you don't get any points for losing, and you get one point for an overtime loss or a shootout loss. And that's how, that's how the hockey standings are kind of run, is by the point system. So obviously, like I said, two points for a win, no points for a loss, and then one point for an overtime or a shootout loss. So even if you go to overtime and lose, you still get a point. So you didn't you didn't fight for completely nothing. And there's no ties either. So that makes that a little bit better. And then in the Pacific, the bottom part of the Western Conference, you have the Anaheim Ducks at 10 and 4, the Edmonton Oilers at 11 and 4, and the Calgary Flames at 11 3 and 5. Wow, that's a lot of overtime losses. So that's five points off of overtime losses, but that could be 10 points if they would have won all those, which that's a lot to ask, but that's still a lot of overtime losses only 16 games into the season. But Anaheim is really surprising. That's a team that's kind of been down the past few years, but credit to them. They're playing good. They're 17 games in, and they're 10-4-3, and, and they're at the top of their division, so good for them. And I want to highlight the new the new team this season, the Seattle Kraken. Of course, they did their expansion draft, so they have all new players. Of course, new coaches, new ownership, all of that. 16 games in, they're 4-11-1. So they're definitely struggling out of the gate. And I I think a lot of people probably anticipated that they would have a season like Vegas did a couple years ago when they started out. But I think Vegas had a little bit different path, and they also had better players. And nobody really knew what to expect from Vegas because that hadn't happened in a while. And Vegas came out – they came out firing – and they ran all the way to the Stanley Cup, eventually losing to the Washington Capitals. But I think people are now ready for a new team, and it's going to take some time to build to build a team there in Seattle. But I like the team being there. Their colors are good. So far, their support out there has been really, really good. I've been seeing some numbers about their attendance numbers, and it's looking like they're getting almost 100% sellout crowds every home game, which is what that is so important for – a brand-new team, a brand-new franchise, not just in hockey, but in sports in general. And I think that's so important to have with the Seattle Kraken being a new team in the NHL. They're getting the fan support, and that's what it's going to take to raise revenue, to be able to pay more players, to draft better players. And the, the Seattle Kraken are going to get there, not this season. They won't make the playoffs or anything. But they're going to get there eventually. So I like to see the support from the Seattle fans. They begged for a hockey team, and they got it. And I'm, I'm liking what I'm seeing so far from the fan base. Not so much of the team's play so far. That's going to do it for number two of the Big Three. We're going to roll right into number three, the final topic of the Big Three here on Moonlight Madness. For all the Auburn fans, all the Auburn listeners, Auburn students that are tuned in, whether you're live or on the podcast, this topic is for you. Auburn football last weekend. Now we're going to get into that in the next segment when we take a look around Auburn Athletics. We'll break down the Mississippi State game and the rest of the season to come. But the big topic here is the injuries that have just killed Auburn and the rest of their season. Of course, I'm sure everyone knows by this point That quarterback Bo Nix broke his ankle during that Mississippi State loss. He broke it in the second half and yet played two or three more drives after he already broke it. There There were images and videos of him limping off the field and then going into the medical tent, coming out and being visibly upset, of course, that he was injured and that a backup was having to warm up to go in. But then he he battled, and he he wanted to go back in. And I don't think that Coach Brian Harson knew exactly how bad his injury was, and that's why he kept playing him. I don't think Brian Harson would have kept playing him if he knew that Bo Nix's ankle or foot was broken. But credit Bo Nix for being an Auburn man. He loves Auburn so much, and he he'll do anything for Auburn despite what fans think of him, whether they like him or not. He'll do anything for Auburn. But he had a successful surgery. He posted about it a couple of days ago this week. Had a successful surgery. He is out for the season with only two regular season games to go and a bowl game. He'll be out for the season. Another injury, big injury for Auburn, is their kicker, Anders Carlson. He tore his ACL on Saturday against Mississippi State during an onside kick attempt. I'm not 100% sure how he did it. Probably dragged the ground an awkward way or, or something along those lines. But he tore his ACL. He is out for the year. That is a minimum six- to eight-month recovery. But he also had a successful surgery this week. So we're thankful that Bo Nix and Anders Carlson were able to get successful surgeries. Of course, they're out for the year, but they should be back next season ready to go. And I just wanted to highlight those because those are big injuries for Auburn. And also, I'm hearing some rumblings. It's not 100% guaranteed, but Owen Papo on the defensive side of the ball for Auburn has not played the past few games with some injury problems, but I'm hearing he may also be out for the year. Not 100%. That is not confirmed at all. But that's some things that I was reading and seeing and hearing about so far. Obviously, Bo Nix and Carlson are like that's 100% that happened. But the Owen Papo news... I hope it's not true, but we'll find out. But the injury bug has really hurt Auburn, and it it really just halted this the rest of this season. Um, so we'll see what happens with the rest of the season, but Auburn definitely got hit by the injury bug pretty hard on Saturday. Well, that's going to do it for the Big 3 here on Moonlight Madness. When we come back, we're going to take a look around Auburn athletics. We're going to look at football, soccer, and volleyball. You're listening to Moonlight Madness here on WGL 91.1 FM. Welcome back to Moonlight Madness here on Weagle 91.1 FM. I'm Jacob Goins, the host of this show. It is every Thursday from 7 to 8 p.m. right here on Weagle 91.1 FM, or if you can't listen live, just search Moonlight Madness wherever you get your podcast. So now we're going to take a look around Auburn athletics. We're going to take a look at football, soccer, and volleyball, the fall sports that are nearing the end of their seasons. Of course, Auburn basketball, men's and women's is they've started their seasons. They're a few weeks in. I will want to shout out Coach Johnny Harris, the head coach of the Auburn women's basketball team, got her first victory the other night. So good for her. A lot of good videos coming out about the locker room, her players attacking her with water and silly string and stuff. So good to see finally getting her first win. Or not finally, it's only three games into the season. But she's getting. she got her first win. And I hope that she can just continue to do well in her first season at Auburn. She pulled a, a very good recruiting class. And so I think I think she's the right cro- the right coach so far. So we'll see what she can do, but congratulations to her on getting her first win of the season. Auburn Football, we mentioned it a minute ago, and I'm sure Auburn fans don't really want to hear about it, but I'm going to talk about it anyway. Last Saturday was a disaster for Auburn football. A murder went down in Jordan-Hare Stadium. Auburn hosted Mississippi State, a game Auburn was supposed to win. Auburn was the better team. And during the first half, all of those things were true. One point in the first half, Auburn was up 28-3. to They were rolling. Auburn had four touchdowns. Bo Nix was playing great. The offense was working. The defense was playing good. Everything was going right for Auburn. And then the offense quit playing. They didn't score anymore. Auburn did not score a single point after that. Not a single point in the second half. And they let Mississippi State make the largest comeback in school history At on the road. That was the largest comeback in school history and they did it at Jordan-Hare Stadium, a place that Auburn likes to claim it's the hardest place to play in college football. And I and I like to say that it is when Auburn's good, when Auburn's playing good. But if Auburn's not playing good, Jordan-Hare Stadium's just another place to play. And I'm going to go ahead and tell you, it is. It's just another place to play. Because when Auburn's not playing good, it's hard for Auburn fans to cheer and be loud and, and be a huge factor that we've seen Auburn fans be in the past. And when Auburn is not scoring the ball, and Auburn fans are having to watch Mississippi State score 40 points and come back and beat Auburn, of course Auburn scored the late garbage time touchdown, which didn't matter. But Mississippi State scored 40 points, and they won 43-34. to And a large part was the crowd. I was there. I'll admit I was there. But it was tough to watch. It was almost shocking to watch what was going on. A lot of the students left. Half the student section was gone by halftime anyway. So that didn't help. But at the end of the day, you can't blame the crowd. Because Auburn quit playing on both sides of the ball. I don't know what happened. I don't know what the message was on the sideline. I don't know what the message was on the field. I don't know what the mentality was. But something happened. And... It, it's unfortunate because up to this point in the season I've really really liked what I've seen from Auburn and I've really liked what I've seen from head coach Brian Harson. I've had no complaints up to this season or up to this point so far. Yeah, we shouldn't have had to come back to win against Georgia State. I was okay with that. We should have won at Penn State but I'm okay with that. And then Georgia coming in and and beating us pretty good that was known. So other than that besides the Texas A&M game which whatever. But this is the first game where I was just like that can't happen. Auburn cannot lose that game on Saturday against Mississippi State. And so that was the first real that was the first time this season where I sat back and and criticized Harson quite a bit. Because I just couldn't, I, I couldn't believe what what happened. I couldn't believe what was unfolding in front of my eyes at Jordan Hare Stadium. So Auburn falls forty three to thirty four, and any chance of Auburn making the SEC West a real race is out the window. And of course, now with Auburn getting hit by the injury bug with Bo Nix and Andres Carlson, as I mentioned before, you know what's what's left for Auburn's football season. That's what a lot of Auburn fans are questioning whether it's even, you know, worth it if the season's even still alive at this point. And I want to answer all those questions because, yes, it is. This season is still very important. There's still a lot to play for this season. No, Auburn's not going to go to the SEC championship game. Auburn's not going to the playoff. Auburn's not going to make a New Year's Six Bowl. But none of that matters right now because what Auburn's dealing with right now is a crisis that can go one or two ways. Coach Brian Harson and this team can give up and just lose out, which is very possible. They can lose out and just give up and quit playing, lose, lose the rest of their games, which will affect the players' mindsets, will affect the coaches, will affect recruits, will affect the fan support, or... Coach Brian Harson can get this team to rally together and finish the season strong with what they've got, which is now the backup quarterback, TJ Finley, a backup kicker, which we don't know who that's going to be yet. And Auburn can rally around those guys, rally around their head coach, and try to make the best of what they got. They've got a tough game on the road at South Carolina. It's a night game with a backup quarterback. It's going to be tough, but it's not something that Auburn can't do. South Carolina's not great. We're not having to go and play Alabama just yet. So it's a game that Auburn can still win, believe it or not. And then we have a game, or Auburn has a game, against Alabama in the Iron Bowl at home. It doesn't matter that Bo Nix isn't playing. It doesn't matter that Alabama's good, because they are. Auburn is not supposed to win that game anymore. When Bo Nix was playing, yeah, the Iron Bowl was probably up in the air, especially being at home in Jordan Hare. But now Auburn's going to be a, a pretty big underdog in that game. But this is when we're really going to see what this team is made of with these guys. And this is, I'm excited to see how Coach Brian Harson reacts and responds to that game. And that really depends on what happens at South Carolina this weekend. And then there's a bowl game. It's not going to be a big bowl game. But we've seen in the past, Auburn doesn't show up for bowl games. It's just how it goes. So I want to see if Auburn can rally on these last two regular season games against South Carolina and against Alabama. And if then if they can get up and go play a, a decent bowl game and beat a decent team, come out with eight wins. And that's pretty good for Brian Hartson's first year. You can't really, realistically, you can't expect more than that. Auburn fans like to. And i would admit it was hard not to do that when we were starting to get a little momentum. When we beat Arkansas and beat Ole Miss, it was kind of, yeah, it was easy to be like, you know, this could really go somewhere this year. But we were brought back down to earth, and that's okay. But I'm interested to see where this team goes starting this weekend. It's going to go one or two ways. It's going to go really bad, or we can try to salvage, Auburn can try to salvage what they've got left of this season. And if they really, if Auburn and Brian Harson want this program to go in the right direction, they're gonna have to rally and make the best of it. So we'll see what Auburn can do this weekend at South Carolina. It'll be tough, but it's not something that Brian Harson and the Auburn Tigers can't do. Auburn Soccer last week took a tough loss in the first round of the NCAA tournament to Sanford. They hosted the first round for the first time since 2018, and that was a a Sanford team that had come into the game on a 12-game win streak. They were just coming off of their Southern Conference championship, and they came in and just outplayed Auburn. I'll just admit it. I was on the call with Aiden Kowalski, and he'll tell you the same thing. Sanford just came in and outplayed Auburn, and it was a hot team. It was. They They were on a roll, and Auburn was dealing with some injury problems as well. So, all in all, it was Auburn was limping into that game, and Sanford came to play. And I'm not saying Auburn didn't come to play, but Sanford was ready. And they came in, and they beat Auburn 2-0 to move on to the second round of the NCAA tournament. And it, it's sad to see because Auburn had six seniors, one including Emmy Craven, who was hurt and didn't get to play in that tournament game. And that's who you hate it for when a team like that loses in the NCAA tournament. And it happens to everybody and you hate to see it, especially for the seniors. But I think Coach Karen Hoppe is building something really, really good there. Obviously, she's been here for a long time, but she's got a lot of good players, a lot of good young talent still on that team, and she was really supportive and really positive after the loss of where the program is heading in the next few seasons. So I look forward to seeing what Auburn can do in the next couple of years under Coach Karen Hoppe. With the young players and the young talent that they have. But Auburn soccer season is now officially over. They will get started back up next August for the next season. And Auburn volleyball is coming to a close. They have three more matches set for this season. Last night, they were on the road at number 20 Florida, where they got swept three to nothing. Just a tough night for Auburn. They really just. From the scores and the stats that I was looking at, just doesn't seem like they were really in it from beginning to end. And and that's unfortunate. It happens against good teams on the road. But I want to see what Auburn can do bouncing back. They now have two games at home this season. Or excuse me, on this weekend, Auburn will be hosting Kentucky on Saturday and Sunday for their home finales in Auburn Arena. The game on Saturday is at 4.30. And the game on Sunday is at 1 o'clock. Those are central times. If you're in Auburn and have a chance, please go and support these girls at Auburn Arena. They, they're they good. I'm telling you, they they have really, really fought this season. I've watched and called a lot of their games. And Brent Crouch is doing amazing things for this volleyball team. So if you're in Auburn and have a chance, go support them on Saturday or Sunday. And if you can't go to support them, you can listen to both of those games called live right here on Weagle 91.1 FM. Each For each game, we will go live about 10 or 15 minutes before the start time for the pregame show. So make sure you tune in for those days on Saturday and Sunday. It'll be 4.30 on Saturday and 1 o'clock on Sunday. Remember, 10 or 15 minutes before that, we will go live for the pregame show right here on Weagle 91.1 FM. I will be on the call on Saturday and studio for Sunday, possibly on the call Sunday. So that's to be determined. But make sure you tune into those broadcasts right here on Weagle. And then after that, Auburn will travel to Mississippi State next week for their last game of the regular season. So that was a look around Auburn Athletics. When we come back, I'll give you a live score update from around the country in football, basketball, and hockey. And then we'll do everybody's favorite, What Are the Odds? You're listening to Moonlight Madness here on WeGo 91.1 FM. Welcome back to Moonlight Madness here on WeGo 91.1 FM. I'm Jacob Goins, the host of this show. We are entering the final 15 minutes of the night. So... We are going to run into the live score update. We've got football, basketball, and hockey going on tonight, college and professional. A lot of scores to get to. I'm going to do my best to run through some of these here in the next couple of minutes. So starting with Thursday night football in the NFL, the Patriots taking on the Atlanta Falcons. The Patriots are currently up 3 to nothing on the Falcons with five minutes to go in the first quarter. Moving on to the NBA tonight, the Warriors taking on the Cavaliers the Cavaliers are currently winning 56-55, to halfway through the third. The Washington Wizards visiting the Miami Heat. The Heat currently on top 47-40 to at the half. Grizzlies and Clippers going at it there in Memphis. The Grizzlies are up 39-34, to halfway through the second quarter. Timberwolves on top of the Spurs, 45-34, to halfway through the second quarter. Two more games to go off tonight in the NBA. Philadelphia 76ers and the Denver Nuggets going off at 8 o'clock. And also at 8 o'clock, the Raptors are taking on the Jazz. Moving on to the NHL, some scores there tonight. The Flames are all over the Sabres right now, 5-0 at the end of the second period. The Maple Leafs taking on the New York Rangers. They are currently up 2-0 on the Rangers at the end of the second period. The Penguins all over the Canadiens, 5-0 at the end of the second. Panthers on top of the Devils, 4-1 at the end of the second. The Lightning and the Flyers currently tied at two at the end of the second. The Blues and the Sharks going at it there in St. Louis at the end of one. It is the Blues on top, one to nothing. Minnesota Wild hosting the Dallas Stars. They are currently up 2-0 on the Stars at the end of the first period. Four, five, five more games to go off tonight in the NHL. Oh, excuse me, four games. The Ottawa Senators had three games postponed this week due to uh, like due to COVID protocol and some. Some breaking of rules there. So a couple of their games were postponed. But moving on, a couple more games going off in the NHL tonight. The Jets and the Oilers at 8 o'clock. The Blue Jackets and the Coyotes at 8. At 9 o'clock, the Red Wings and the Golden Knights. And also at 9 o'clock, the Hurricanes and the Ducks. I'll run you through some of the men's college basketball scores. There's a lot of games going on, so we're just going to do the top 25 now that the college basketball season is off and running. Number three, Kansas hosting Stony Brook, 38 to 32 at the half, so a close one there in Kansas. Big matchup tonight. Number 19, Ohio State traveled to Xavier, not too far of a trip for them. Xavier came out with a home win, 71 to 65, so upset there in Cincinnati. Number two, or excuse me, number 22, Saint Bonaventure traveled to Boise State. They took on Boise State and came out with a victory, 67 to 61. And the number 24 ranked Florida Gators after a big win against Florida State on Sunday hosting Milwaukee. They got it done easily 81 to 45. Well, that was your live score update from around the country. We are going to jump into what are the odds. So, what are the odds? Everybody's favorite segment. We're going to take a look at the upcoming betting odds for the games this weekend in the college football and NFL. I'll make my official picks. And I'm telling you what, folks, you better ride with me because I'm doing pretty darn good, I'll go ahead and admit. Last week I went 3-1. My overall record is 20-11, and 11, so I'm up 9 units if you're betting. If you're bet with me, I'm up 9 units so far this season. 20-11 and 11 on the year, not too shabby. I've got 3 picks in college tonight and 2 picks in the NFL. So let's go ahead and get started. For those of you that are new here or don't know how betting works, it's really, really simple. We look at three things. We look at the money line, we look at the spread, and we look at the total. The money line is the plus or minus number. It's the big number. So if you take the game tonight in the NFL, we'll use that game as an example like we always like to do. The Thursday night game is the Patriots and the Falcons. So the money line, the Patriots are minus 320, which means you have to bet $320 to win $100. It's all all based off of a $100 system. So if the team is minus on the money line, it's minus 320. You have to bet $320 to win $100. Now the Falcons, who are the underdog, they are plus 250, which means you can bet $100 on the Falcons, and if they win, you get $250. They're the underdog. So you bet less to win more. And on the favorite, you have to bet more to win less. On the spread, the Patriots are minus 6.5, which means the betters in Vegas believe that the Patriots are going to win by 7 points or more. So they are the favorite by six and a half points. And then the Falcons are plus six and a half. That number will always be the same, just whether it's be plus or minus. The Falcons are plus six and a half. So if you put money on the Patriots minus six and a half, they have to win by seven points or more for you to win. And then if the Falcons, if you put money on them plus six and a half, they can win or lose by up to six points and you would still win. And then the total... You bet on the over or under, it's going to be a number. Tonight in that game, it is 47. The total is over or under 47. So you can bet on, why? The, or excuse me, if you think they're going to score more than that amount of points or score less than that amount of points, that number is the total for both teams. So the total is 47. So if you think they're going to score more than that combined, you put money on the over. And if you think it's going to be less, you put money on the under. So that's a quick explanation of that. We're going to run through college and NFL. I've got four or five picks for you tonight. So let's get rolling. The Thursday night game in college football, Louisville visiting Duke tonight. Louisville is a 20-point favorite, huge money line. The total was 60 there. That's a lot of points. I stayed away from that one. couple games going off tomorrow night in college football, Southern Miss taking on Louisiana Tech. Southern Miss is a, or excuse me, Louisiana Tech is a 15 and a half 15.5-point favorite with an over-under of 49. Air Force in Nevada tomorrow night. Friday night out there in Colorado. Air Force is currently minus one or excuse me minus 105 on the money line but plus one on the spread so that's interesting you don't see that a ton they're still the underdog they're only one point underdogs and I like it let's make that my first official pick of the night I'm going to take the Air Force Falcons plus one against Nevada tomorrow night in college football write it down that's my first official pick of the night now going into Saturday A lot of good games going off this weekend. Wake Forest visiting Clemson. Clemson actually a a 4.5-point favorite on the road at Wake Forest. So that should be a good game. I stayed away from it. Michigan State, Ohio State, big-time game in the Big Ten. That'll be going off at the top of the hour on Saturday. Ohio State, 19-point favorites against Michigan State, minus 1,100 on the money line. Michigan State plus 700, and the over-under is 68.5 points. That's a lot of points, and this this is the Big Ten we're talking about. I know these teams like to score, but this is the Big Ten, and they don't score that many points. I like the under 68 and a half in the Ohio State-Michigan State game. Write that down. That's my second official pick of the night: under 68 and a half, Ohio State and Michigan State. Some more games going off on Saturday for college football: Iowa State and Oklahoma. Oklahoma currently three and a half point favorites over Iowa State after taking their first loss last week. Notre Dame visiting Georgia Tech. Notre Dame 17 point favorites, minus 800 on the money line. With an over/under of 58 and a half, that seems like kind of a lot of points. But anyway, try to get you some SEC games here. Alabama and Arkansas supposed to be a good game. I don't think it will be. Bama's minus 20 and a half favorites. They will probably cover that. It's not an official pick, but they'll they'll probably cover that spread. If I'm just being honest with you, huge favorites on the money line. 58 and a half total points, though. I think they're going to score, and I think both teams are going to score enough. I like the over 58.5 in Bama, Arkansas. That's my third official pick of the night. That's my three picks in college. Air Force plus one against Nevada. Under 68.5, Ohio State, Michigan State, and the over 58.5 in Bama and Arkansas. And try to get you a couple more, Oklahoma State and Texas Tech. Here you go, a good Big 12 matchup. Oklahoma State, 10-point favorites over Texas Tech. Oklahoma State, minus 400 on the money line. Texas Tech, plus 310. And the over-under is 56 and a half that'll do it for college let's run through the nfl really really quick tonight's game the patriots visiting the falcons the patriots are six and a half point favorites they are currently up three to nothing so looking pretty decent there. pretty big favorites on the money line minus 320 the over under was 47 points now looking at sunday the lions visiting the browns the browns are double digit favorites i always say stay away but i did it last week and it worked so the Browns are 11.5-point favorites over the Lions this week with a minus 550 money line. Over-under is 43.5. 49ers visiting the Jaguars. The 49ers are currently 6.5-point favorites, minus 290 on the money line with an over-under of 45 points. couple more games in the NFL, and I'll give you my official picks as well. The Colts visiting the Bills. The Buffalo a really good team. They're playing really well. They are minus 7, so they are touchdown favorites on the road at Indianapolis, minus 330 on the money line. Indianapolis plus 260, and the over-under is set at a solid 50 points. A couple more games, the Washington football team visiting the Carolina Panthers. Carolina is currently minus seven, minus seven, 170 on the money line, minus 3.5 on the spread. Washington plus 145 on the money line with an over-under of forty 43- three. 43 points, so not a ton of points there. They're not calling for a ton, so keep your eye on that one. Ravens at the Bears. Chicago is 4.5-point underdogs. Baltimore minus 230 on the money line, minus 4.5 on the spread, with an over-under of 44.5 points. The Texans and the Titans. Titans are currently 10.5-point favorites on the road over Houston with a a 44.5 total. Another double-digit spread. I'm going to stay away from it. I don't like it. Here's my second official pick in the NFL. or No, this is my first official pick in the NFL, fourth official pick overall of the night. Packers minus one against Minnesota. I like it. Give me the Packers minus one or one and a half. I don't care what it is. Give me the Packers minus one and a half against Minnesota at home. And then also, the Bengals and the Raiders. Cincinnati is currently a one-point favorite over the Raiders with an over under of 50 and a half points. And give me the over fifty and a half points. I like those two teams to go off and score a lot of points. So my five official picks for the week Air Force plus one against Nevada, under 68 and a half in Ohio State, Michigan State, over 58 and a half, Bama, Arkansas, and then in the NFL, Packers minus one or one and a half, whatever you can get against the Vikings, and over 50 and a half in the Bengals and the Raiders. Well that's going to do it for what are the odds and that's going to do it for Moonlight Madness this week right here on Weagle 91.1 FM. I thank you all so much for listening in this this week and every week. And, of course, if you can't listen live, just search Moonlight Madness wherever you get your podcast. My name is Jacob Goins. Make sure you follow me on Twitter, at Goins2Jacob. That's G-O-I-N-S, the number two, J-A-C-O-B, for all show updates and any other sporting news that's going on in the world. Thanks for listening. War Eagle. Thanks for listening to Moonlight Madness. Tune in next Thursday at 7 right here on Weagle 91.1 FM, Auburn. If you ever miss a show, just search Moonlight Madness on your podcast app of choice. Tune in next time for Moonlight Madness Thursdays at 7 right here on Weagle 91.1 FM.